How are we going to develop Emunah? Where are we going to develop Emunah? Says Ravolbi here in Maslul Shlishi, he says, look, we're living in such a loud world. Rash, noise. Rash. There's so much noise. Where is the rash, he says. Beit Sefer, in school. Avodah, at work. Mishak, playing ball. Chevra, friends. Radio, sport. Tzava, politica, irgun. It's so noisy. Nadir Ma'od, it's very rare. It's exceptional. Sha'ah Shkeita, a quiet moment. Tiyul Levad Bayar, walking alone in the forest. Oh, Nof Nehedar, or a beautiful landscape. Udmama Misaviv. How often is it that we're sitting on a chair on a Shabbos morning, quiet, undisturbed by ourselves, just with our thoughts looking out the window? Or walking along Lake Michigan? Or late at night when everything settles down and we're alone and we've left our device downstairs and it's not haunting us next door? How often is that? It's, it's rare. But when we do that, us. We sense something. Sometimes we're uncomfortable being with our own thoughts. Sometimes we, we, we get like distracted and we're all over the place. But sometimes if it's really quiet, we can hear an inner voice. We start asking bigger questions. We start sensing that there's something more to life. Then we feel we can feel mashu bifnim, something inside, yesh elokim. There is a God. There's something transcendent. There's something greater. When we do this more than once, which is kedai to do, I don't know if it's harder when you're in high school or harder when you're an older adult, but finding and creating quiet moments, it's important. When we repeat this pattern and this experience, the impact, that feeling, it's strengthened. It becomes more concrete. It coalesces. Emunah brura clear emuna. Now, what kind of emuna is this? Is this an emuna of cognition where you can explain to someone how, so to speak, God created the universe? Is that the type of emuna that it is? So what is it, if that's not what it is? What is the emuna that a person senses when they are in this quiet space? What does that even mean? What do you think he means? Yeah. I think like having a connection to Hashem isn't just like an intellectual exercise, but it's like a feeling of like, this is how the world is supposed to be, this is like how I'm supposed to be finding my place in the world. I'm just like understanding something, just like an emotional connection. So you're saying it's a feeling, an emotional connection. How else would you describe this? Yeah. I think also when there's no distractions with you and you're just with yourself, you realize like how you're with Salomon. So you think about your identity, your sense of self, 
and realizing that that just can't be worthless. That can't be from nothing. It can't be just a, you know, like a biological accident. You have a Tzalem Elohim, and every human being has that. Beautiful. Mahalach Acher, top of the left column. He says, here's another path. Hu ta'am mehakol. A person tasted everything. Kesef ad bizbuz. Mechonit kamuvan. Tiulim imbanot kamuvan. A person, there are people who have everything. Everything. And they've experienced everything. Ha'asakim olchim. I know, I met recently with someone like this who has so much money, he doesn't know what to do with himself. And he got into a lot of trouble and now he's getting his life in order. But a person who's experienced it all, I'll give you the name of such a person. His name is Shlomo HaMelech. He wrote a book called Kohelas that a lot of these themes are about. After you've exhausted everything, after you've watched the Super Bowl and then rewatched it, then you, you handled in all the, the hawk and the, the commercials and all the stuff, everything, over and over and over and over. Lo dafka biyosher, it doesn't mean the person is acting in the right way, but gam ad gia olam tachton, the person sinks and sinks. So some people, and people that we know, people that we in this room know, have everything, and they sink into this abyss, whether it's gambling, or pornography, or alcoholism, terrible low places. Dis- Discotechim, he's described, samim, drugs, rachman al-Islam, upitom she'ila mochetzet. Ze'akol? This is it? Like, what now? The person I was talking to said to me, he said that when he was at a low point, his wife said to him, are you ever going to be happy? You're never going to be happy. You have everything and you're still not happy. Because if it's all chasing, what's the next car and the next thing to buy and the next and the next? Well, where does it leave a person? Let's say you had everything like that. Does that make a person really feel their life is meaningful? It's their, They're having that reflective moment but alone by themselves and they're like so what now I got the great degree I got the great job I got the but what's left Reikanut he says emptiness where is my content where's me where am I like where is that self affirmation like what am I even doing here I'm just chasing the next party or the next like or the next, like. And yet, if we look within us, within ourselves and the misgeret that Yiddishkeit has given us, that's where we start to find. Right? People who are searching in these other places, oftentimes, most times, it's just an escape. They're not looking to find the real answer because the real answer is uncomfortable. A lot of times we're uncomfortable by ourselves with those answers of the Tzalem Elohim. But all of a sudden, chipus po sham, but we find a chag, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Beis Knesset, Tfila, Ion Tfila, Tochen Adir. And then from there a person learns Torah. Shuv Tochen Adir, more content, more exploration about meaning, about purpose, about self. Deep issues. La'at la'at meschazeches harishamim, 
tshuva. What does he mean tshuva in this context? I think he doesn't just mean repentance, like technically, I did something wrong, I have to go back. He means an answer. We're all searching. The question is, are we finding? Are we searching for an escape? Or are we finding a meaningful life? So if a person exhausts their search because they're like Shlomo HaMelech or this person I spoke to who they have so much money, there's nothing left. They've bought everything. They've done everything. They've gone everywhere. So what's left? Then they start to realize, actually, this is a path to Emuna. believe it or not. This is a path to Emuna to realize that you've exhausted all those distractions, all those numbing agents. For some people, it's shopping. They'll do shopping, they'll, you know, distract themselves. Vacationing, like, there are lots of things. And some of these things are really good in small quantities as part of our healthy being. So I suspect everybody here, you need to take a vacation. But is your vacation helping your self-worth? Is it building your emuna? Or is it a way to escape? You're searching for something else, for someone else, for somewhere else. So Ravolbi says this search actually brings a person back to emuna. Two parts of the same conversation. And we can think about that, especially at your age, when you're developing your identity, right? Isn't that the whole Indian of adolescence? That's why it's so challenging, because you're trying to figure out, well, who am I? And I'm not actually fixed. So I was one way in fourth grade, and now I'm different in eighth grade. And now I'm certainly different in 10th grade. I go through a lot of changes. How am I vis-a-vis my parents? How am I vis-a-vis my friends? So a lot of times, there's so much noise during adolescence, we have the first problem. Like, how many adolescents just have a few moments of quiet? But if we did that, wow, that could build a lot of emuna. And then the opposite path he's describing, that in adolescence, we're searching. We're looking for validation. We're looking for a sense of accomplishment, especially at this time, right? But the question is, where are we searching? Are we searching on the outside? So like, we, are we looking for that other thing, whatever that's going to be, or are we looking within ourselves? And when we look within ourselves, that's, why we, that's where we find our true worth. And our true worth comes from emuna, And that becomes the holy search the search of meaning, the search of life. That's the goal. The goal is never to arrive. The goal is to always be searching. That's the mahalach of life. If a person arrived, you know what that means. The story's over. So we shouldn't be deterred or distraught or despondent that we're searching. The question is, what kind of search are we? Are we searching for the next high? For the next whatever it is on the outside? Or are we searching deeper and deeper within ourselves to find that core, that emuna? And when we do that, then instead of feeling like, wow, Rosh Hashanah is the biggest drag, it's so annoying. Instead of feeling like tefillin is such a drag or davening is such a drag, we realize, whoa, those are gifts, that scaffolding to help us build our search for ourselves. It means we have emuna. And this is true for people who are Jewish, for people who are not Jewish, for people who grew up experiencing this, and for people who didn't. But if we take a step back and we look at what's going on in society, how people are obsessed with 
celebrities and all kinds of other craziness. But what does that leave a person with? I don't know. I don't want to be that super overweight guy in the basement of my parents' house, like flipping channels till I'm 50. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound, maybe for some people that sounds like an ideal life. That's what Dr. Tversky would call bovine existence. Like a cow. You know, a cow kind of like just chills. Like, but is that, is that being human? The fact that we have greater aspirations, there's a voice within us when it's quiet that knows we need more, that's emuna. So essentially, to boil down this maslo, at least part one, because he's going to do part two next time, human experience is a proof for emuna.